Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Wonderful. I've enjoyed praying with you and, and being with you this evening, and I look forward to uh, my friend Brother Clemento uh, speaking to us tonight. The Lord's laid some things on his heart from the Word of God uh, just for us and just what we need this evening. You know, God knows you and I are here and where we're at and what's going on in the life and ministry of this church and what's going on in your life and what's taking place. And so I believe the Word of God can be a help to us, and I'm looking forward to what God has laid upon his heart tonight. So be ready, have your Bible open, or use a Bible in front of you there. You're welcome to it if you don't have one with you. And I know many of you probably have a Bible on your phone and all these things, but uh, you're welcome to use that gray one if you like as well. All right, God bless you, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. We're going to be in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 21. I just want to thank those for, that, who are here for uh, your faithfulness to the prayer meeting. I want to thank those here who have uh, invested in my kids. No real work of God gets done without prayer. And I just want to say thank you for your prayers. Numbers 21, and uh, we're going to begin in verses, verse 4 and read through verse 9. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. On the journey toward heaven, we encounter many difficulties, innumerable, innumerable dangers to which our Lord is our shield. He's currently restraining so much evil that if we had a slight understanding of this, I believe we would be moved to bow down before him, to praise him for his goodness and to thank him. And here we see God chastise the children of Israel for their unthankfulness. In love, he sends these fiery serpents. They've been traveling for the desert for some time, and there's lots of snakes in the desert. Until now, they'd been restrained, and God wanted to teach them a lesson. And some of them had to learn a really hard way 
and for us today, let, let's let this be a lesson that our God is good and desires obedience from His people. And so too now, He will in love allow things that were once restrained in our lives come into our lives to teach us a lesson. He may unloose a person into your life who was quite restrained for some time. He may unloose a circumstance that has been restrained for some time. You might think, where did this come from? Why is this here? He's working it all for good. Maybe it's a hurtful tongue. Maybe somebody who's been quiet for a long time has their tongue unloosed by God and they say some things that cause you to question what's going on. This happened in the life of David in um, 2 Samuel 16. We read in verse 5, And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. So this is when David was on the run from Absalom. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned unto thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Um, I don't know if you have any friends like that, but he was serious. The sons of Zeruiah, David often was saying, You sons of Zeruiah, what do I have to do with you? And he says it here in verse 10. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And so God will send situations, people, circumstances, words that we might not like to hear into our lives to help us to grow in His love. And John chapter 3, Jesus Christ refers to exactly what happened in Numbers 21. We're going to be in John chapter 3. It's very familiar. John 3, 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so here we see what happened in the wilderness with those servants was not just to teach the Israelites a lesson, but God put it there so that Jesus could point to that to teach us a lesson today. The title of this message is Look Unto Jesus. Um, we all need to spend more time looking unto Jesus when these people come into our lives who make things difficult, when circumstances aren't going the way that we would have planned it, 
when people come in and say hurtful things to us, we need to look unto Jesus for eternal life, yes, but we're not just talking about heaven. For those who believe eternal life is ours now, but we were saved, we're being saved, and one day we're going to be saved right out of this world. We're going to be out of the presence of sin. We're going to be no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. And yes, we are preserved from eternal destruction, and that being a just judgment, if we're all honest with ourselves, we deserve God's judgment. We are like an idol factory. That, our heart's like an idol factory. In, in Numbers, when, they, when, when God told Moses to make that serpent out of bronze, and he put it up there, many years later, they still had that thing, and they were worshiping it at one point. Can you believe that? They were worshiping it. I mean, we can turn anything in our life into an idol, and we need to be on guard about that. Um, this, this deliverance, this salvation, it's also deliverance from our enemies, the bondage of sin. Of sin. Um, have you ever been troubled by an unbelieving family member? I would encourage you to look unto him. Is it your neighbors? Look unto him. Coworkers? Friends? David had lots of friends who he thought were his friends, but it turned out that they stabbed him in the back. I would say look unto him. For he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. If my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Psalm 27.10 Psalm 73.25 and 26 I have a friend who um, this verse is very dear to her. She lives down in Maryland. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I may desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Do you have a verse that God spoke to you in in such a way that it's almost as though it was written just for you? For me, it's, it's, it's uh, Isaiah 41.10. I was going through a very difficult time in my life and it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And that's what the Word of God does. And when we spend time looking at Jesus, this is what He does in our life. He makes change that not only affects us, but it's affected the whole trajectory in such a way that it affects the people around you. It may affect the wife that you will have one day. It will affect the kids that you haven't even had yet because you were going this way and now you're going this way. He set us on a course. And the Word of God does that. It's a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. My friend, who this verse is very meaningful to, used to go to this church, and she's in Maryland now, and she's in a, um, a nursing home. Her husband has gone to glory, and she said this to my wife one day. She was on the phone, and she said, Whom have I in heaven but thee? She's been locked in there uh, during the whole COVID thing. She couldn't have visitors. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There's none on earth that I desire beside thee. That's a good place to be. I know we might want to feel sorry, but you're in a good place if you know Jesus. You're in a very good place. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. 
For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus. That's 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 4, all right. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Light affliction here can be rendered easy persecution or tribulation. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ promised tribulation, He also reminds us that He has, he has overcome the world in John 16.33. Also, He's giving us His peace according to John 14.27. These momentary afflictions are tools used to mold us into the image of Christ. Now let's look and consider the unseen. Let's dwell on the continual flow of grace. Yes, this great gift of love, Jesus Christ, and the precious Holy Spirit. Indeed, the unseen is most helpful. He's made peace through the blood of His cross, according to Colossians 1.20. We cannot see the wind blow, but we can see the effects of it. We can see God working in the life of somebody. We can't see the Holy Spirit per se, but we can see the joy in somebody's life. And this is a joy He gives as we dwell on His goodness. Yes, indeed, He is our strength, according to Nehemiah 8.10. The Father has placed each believer in Christ, breaking the chains of sin, making a child of the devil a child of God. According to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we consider the Spirit and how He teaches us according to John 16, 13, our hearts should be encouraged and made quite glad. The circumstances in our life ought not to have the effect that they tend to have on us if we were to look upon Jesus. Peter spent time looking at Jesus physically. He was able to watch the Lord work. He was able to see Him touch people and heal them. He was able to see the Lord Himself speak the Word and heal the um, centurion's servant. He was able to see Jesus turn water into wine. He was able to see a lot of things done in His Savior's life. And I can only imagine it's because of that that in Matthew 14, He had the boldness to bid Jesus Call me unto the water. I know for me personally, if someone came walking towards me on the water, I would have a hard time handling that. I guess because our mind isn't quite accustomed to seeing things like that. But for some reason, Peter was ready to exercise faith at this very moment. Uh, Matthew 14, 22 through 31. And straightway Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship and to go before Him unto the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up into a mountain to pray. And when the evening was come, He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, 
walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried for fear. But straightway Jesus came unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. One word, come. He trusted God's word. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Let us learn from Peter. Um, Peter was willing to attempt something great for God. This was nothing in of himself. He knew that he could never walk on water. And, you know, you're never going to walk on water unless you step out of the boat. You may have heard that before. And just at the word come, he stepped out. He was waiting. He was ready. All the other disciples had seen the same miracles they had seen. Jesus preached and people in wonder at his word and confounding the Pharisees. And none of them, the apostle of love, uh, John, nobody else asked Jesus to call him out onto the water. Uh, William Carey said, expect great things from God. I think Peter expected great things from God. Peter made a lot of mistakes. He was known for opening his mouth before thinking. But here we have a really amazing example of faith. He didn't know where Jesus was, but here comes Jesus walking on the water, and Peter is just Wanting to see what Jesus is capable of. I, I wonder, do we, do we ever think about that? Jesus, what are you capable of in my life? What have, we, have we asked him for some things that we know we couldn't do on our own? The key here for Peter was he was focused on Jesus. There was a storm, you know. The ship was in the midst of the sea, according to verse 24, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. So it was stormy. And Jesus just comes walking up, and Peter is not concerned about the storm. He's concerned about Jesus. We would do well to model this in our own lives. Everybody here has either something they're going through right now or they're going to be going through soon. And it may be small now and it may be big. I saw the prayer list. There was a lot of people who were friends of someone from this church who were really sick and going through hard times. And to keep our eyes on Jesus is the key. It's not always easy. It seems like we have to keep looking back because we keep looking away from him. 
When we look unto Jesus, we're considering who he is. This is, this is not like looking at a, a picture from a Sunday school class. Nobody knows what he physically looked like. But we're actually, when we look at him in his word, we're considering who he is, and we're amazed and we're in awe at him. You know, when, when God sent his son into the world, he sent wisdom incarnate. He sent love incarnate. We ought to be faithful in keeping our eyes on this Jesus. He tells us to come to him for wisdom. This is a promise that he's made. He, he, can, he can give us all wisdom. He can give us words to speak to people that we will even be surprised that we were able to say to them when we come away from a conversation with somebody. He will give us wisdom in decisions that need to be made when we come to him and ask him. When we come to him and ask him, we're showing that we can't do this ourselves. I don't rely on me for this. I'm relying on you for this. I don't know what to do here, Lord. I can't figure this out. You know? And this is the wisdom that he had. This is the same wisdom that when they went to arrest him, they said, never a man spake like this. This is, this is the one who protects us. This is the one we need to be looking to for protection. It's written many times in the Psalms. He is our shield. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who fights for us. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. He tells us not to return evil for evil. This is the one who provides for us. I have never seen the righteous begging bread, David wrote. He is our strength. Over and over we see that in the Bible. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10, which we looked at earlier very briefly, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Those that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not go weary. This is, this is the God we serve. He's the one who guides us. When we, when we think we know where we're going and what's going on, He's the one who wants to guide us along the way. I will guide thee with mine eye, it's written in the Psalms. I will teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Ultimately, we are to be looking for him in hope, though. Hope of his return. Hope is a desire for something good, expecting to obtain it. Some of us at times will think, well, a raise is good. I hope to obtain a raise, that'd be nice. Um, a promotion would be nice. That's something good that we can expect to obtain. But looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Titus 2, 13 and 14. It says, looking for that blessed hope, considering it, thinking on it. We have a great hope. This world's crumbling around us. It's folding within itself. Whoever wins governor in this state isn't going to fix it. It started with one sin in the garden, and it's like a snowball effect, and we're dealing with the consequences of it. God had to flood it once, and there's coming a day when he's going to burn it. 
But we have the hope. He's coming as a thief in the night. But not to those who are looking for that blessed hope. These verses explain exactly where we are in time. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Awaiting the return of the King. His desire is that we be found faithful. That's something we all can do is be faithful. You don't have to be a Bible teacher to be faithful. You don't have to have lots of money to be faithful. It's required of stewards to be found faithful. We're all going to give an account one day. Even if we got a little bit. A little bit of knowledge. A little bit of money. Maybe we only have one spiritual gift. But if we're found faithful, He's going to reward us according to our faithfulness. We ought to be looking unto Him and thinking on His goodness, His kindness, and His patience with us. God's been patient with all of us, whether we want to realize it or not. We might have a higher view of ourselves than is true. And much of the time, I can say about myself, I tend to think more highly of myself and He has to humble me. If we're honest, I think we all would say that. He brings things in our lives to show us, you need me. You need me. We, we can dwell on His unalterable continuance. No one was going to stop Him from going to that cross. Did you know that? Nobody could stop Jesus from dying for your sin. Nobody could prevent Him from going there and suffering the full wrath of God in our place. This is the same power that dwells in all of the children of God by the power of Spirit. I have one more verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And verse 58. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Between now and His return, we're just called to serve Jesus steadfastly, unmovable. This, this would be like the offensive lineman who digs his cleats real deep and says, you're not going to move me. You're not going to move me. That's steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What does that say? What does that look like for us? You're not going to stop me from serving Jesus. That was Paul's attitude. You can beat me. You can lock me up. You can smash the boat in a storm. I'm going to grab a board. I'm going to float somewhere and tell somebody about Jesus. That ought to be the testimony of every Christian. We just want to be used of Him. He bought us with His own blood. I want to share the lyrics of a hymn. It's very short, and I promise I won't sing. It's, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, written by Helen H. Lamell. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim 
in the light of his glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. We can all afford that, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. If we were to spend more time looking at Jesus, I believe the image of Jesus would reflect off of us. There would be an obvious joy that others see in our life. And when the storms come and hit, our life that's built upon the rock will not fall. They'll watch all the people around us, storms hit their life, and then being shaken and not know what to do. That's when, you're fi- that's when our faith is most real. When the storms hit your life and you're still there and you're still serving your king because you know you have the truth. Because you know he bought you with his own blood because you know he's coming again, because you know he has a reward for you, and because you know he's the only way, and it's the only truth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the blood of thy Son. And what a joy it is to gather together with your people and dwell on who he is. I know your word says in Malachi that there's a book of remembrance, and it's written in that book when others talk about you. And I rejoice that we even get to talk about you. It's, it's a blessing to have the truth of this word. And Father, we just pray that you'd help us to spend more time looking at Jesus. Father, you know all of us are so distracted at times that you'd help us to fight for that time, to just gaze at him and dwell on him and consider who he is and what he's done and what he desires to do in our life. Oh, God, that you'd change us, that you'd cause us to be more like him, cause us to have hearts of joy and gladness like he did all the way to a cross. We'll thank you for that, Father. We praise you and pray, Lord, that you'd help us to go out of this place with thankful hearts, for this is your will. In Jesus' name, amen. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.